I'm David Matson, and this is Primetime 89, a chance for me to visit and talk story, check in and catch up with classmates from a generation ago, finding out how they're doing, where they are, how they got there, and what experiences they've had along the way. What is it about good men that make them great? Is it what they've accomplished? Is it their sacrifices and commitment for what they believe in? Is it the difference they've made in the world? The difference they've made in our lives? Or is it simply that they symbolize what we hope to aspire to? Dr. Michael Chun is a 1961 graduate of the Kamehameha Schools. He earned his undergraduate degree in civil engineering at Kansas University, a master's of science in civil engineering at the University of Hawaii, and returned to Kansas University to earn his PhD in environmental health engineering. He served as faculty at the University of Hawaii in the School of Public Health and as chief engineer for the city and county of Honolulu. In 1988, he was the first Native Hawaiian and the first Kamehameha Schools alumnus to be appointed president of the Kamehameha Schools, where he served for 24 years. Through example, Dr. Chun emphasizes the importance of maintaining our identity as Hawaiians, of knowing our culture and the values of our kupuna, striving for excellence in all we do, expanding our knowledge, exploring and engaging globally, leading fearlessly, and dreaming boldly. I'd like to share with you a conversation I had with him. You know, the original campus yeah, for, sure, yeah. you know, back in 1887 was at the Bishop, you know, it was the Bishop always <laughs> there. Bishop Museum came later. The girls were down below Farrington, where Farrington High School, their campus was below mm-hmm. there, but they're all in that area, okay? And so uh, that's where the, the girls and the boys, they're separate, but in the same area, if you can envision um, uh, the area from King Street up to School Street, mm-hmm. bounded okay. by Hoff Tailing, okay. And Kalihi Street. Okay. You see that big parcel? That basically was the Kamehameha campus. Is that kind of like Farrington High School? Part of ours, yeah. Farrington, where Farrington is, you know where Damien is? Yeah. Okay, that's Hoff Tailing, right? If you, if you go up to, you know, the terminal, that's School Street. Mm-hmm. And then Kalihi Street would be down by where uh, Likiliki Highway is now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was Kalihi Street going up. That big parcel was basically campus. And they built the first Greystone for the boys' school. And then the girls were around the, where the Farrington High School, that area sure. was. In 1948, I started in, in kindergarten, and uh, we went through, at that time, it was kindergarten, first and second grade, we at McNeil Campus. McNeil Campus is just Makai of uh, Kalakaua Gym, and at that time, before World War II, 
Bishop Estate had leased it out to a Japanese language school. It was used for Japanese language. So during the war, obviously, they had to close it down. But after the war, they opened it up again. That's where they had those classes. When we got to third grade, then we moved up to what we call Bishop Hall. Mm-hmm. And Bishop Hall was next to Bishop Museum. That's right. Now Castle Hall is in between the two of them. I, I will tell you that what's there for the times that we were there as mm-hmm. students, Bishop Hall was there, Bishop Museum was there, and the banyan tree. You know, there's a big Indian banyan tree yeah. on that counter. Those are the three things that, that are still there for then. You know, it's amazing. Um, yeah. I'm, so, well, when when you go back there and see those things, does, does it ever take you back, or is oh, it so yeah. different now? Okay. There's mm-hmm. enough of the great lawn still there that uh, that was our playfield. That's where we played, where the castle hall is now. Mm-hmm. In the back, there are some barracks and military buildings, uh, wooden mm-hmm. buildings that we used for third and fourth grade. Uh, mm-hmm. Was over there. Fifth and sixth was in the uh, bishop hall, the graystone. And back there is where we had our garden. You know, we part of the curriculum was agriculture. So we grew vegetables and stuff like that. And um, mm. also at that time, they had two dormitories. They're no longer there. Some of the boys were up on the Palama. They still have some boys living in the dorms down. Dorm D and eventually the termites took over and eventually, oh. they, they, you know. City of Honolulu was remote. Mm-hmm. When they first opened, this was rural country. And so the port of Honolulu uh-huh. was miles away. Mm-hmm. And But then as the port grew, the city of Honolulu started to expand. Mm-hmm. And they got closer and closer to the campus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, according to what I've read, it was at that juncture that the trustees, the urban influences, mm-hmm. and that's when they looked up at the Mauka, Kapalama mm-hmm. Heights, and yeah. that's when they started to make plans to move. And they moved the girls first in the 30s. Okay. I think the, the boys moved up before the, the Second World War, in 1940, thereabouts. That's right. Yeah, I remember... Uh... Paul was talking about when when the um, the attack on Pearl Harbor happened. They were actually up there, and from yeah. the dorms, they were sent to right. go into the mountains. Right, right. Yeah. So so they moved them up there, but that was for the what they called it was a secondary school at time seven to twelve. Mm-hmm. So that's where they moved them up, girls and boys. Yeah. So when they opened up elementary one, uh, K six. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a place for them up there after the war. Well, mm-hmm. the place where they had was McNeil because mm-hmm. now they had the language mm-hmm. school, Japanese language school that was no longer being used for that. Mm-hmm. And they had Bishop Hall, mm-hmm. which was no longer occupied by the high school, you know, secondary school. So that's where they put the elementary school. And that's where, you know, I came after the war. I started, mm-hmm. uh, I was born during the war and I started school after the war. So McNeil and then yeah, K-1-2 and Antibina was there with, you know, same couple of years mm-hmm. behind me. You know, I mean, I knew that uh, any school was having challenges, especially during the Vietnam War years, you know, 
Kamehameha wasn't immune. We had military and all of that. Mm-hmm. So in my class, my graduating class, mm-hmm. we were basically going in high school in the 50s. And by that time, they had created what they call a dual track, a vocational and a college prep. When I graduated from Kamehameha, number one, it was a school intended to assimilate Hawaiian youth into Western society, and which really translates to viewing your Hawaiian ancestry, your Hawaiian history, your Hawaiian culture in a lesser light, okay? I mean, that's what happened. And our families, my parents were, you know, the same way in a sense. You got to talk. You got to speak well. You have to learn the, you know, the Western values because that's what's going to move your head in life, you know. In high school, I can't remember any of my teachers in high school who were local, number one, or who were Native Hawaiian, you know, I think all of my high school teachers came from the mainland. A lot of the teachers came from Iowa, mid-America. So when we left, none of us had any remote thought about coming back to Kamehameha. Because we we wanted to go out, we wanted to be doing things. You know, some of us, you know, we went to the military. Some of us went to college because we want to become teachers and whatever. Whatever your aspirations were, even if they had that job at Kamehameha, you know, we didn't even think about, well, we're not going to come back here. And so when I left, you know, I went on to got my undergraduate degree and I, you know, I stayed close to Kamehameha because my daughter was a student and I was an alumnus who went to the football games and stuff like that, you know, and I never thought much about getting involved in the school operations or, you know, any type of governance at all. Although at some point, Jack Darville uh, invited me to serve on a committee, work with him, just a bunch of alumnus, you know, alumni guys. And so. Were there any memories or experiences that you had when you were a student at Kamehameha that shaped your view on life or, you know, things that you still remember to this day and and influence you? Wow. You know, now you have to understand where we were back then, you know, what society was like, what was Hawaiian society, Western, you know, island society. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand the school at that time was a military school. When I say military school, they had a special designation that was different from junior ROTC. It was an honor designation. Mm-hmm. And it was a 24-7 uniforms. I remember, you know, as a boarder, you could have, what, two or three LO shirts. You know, everything during your off hours. School was khaki, CKCs. We called them CKCs. Mm-hmm. School was first class to, and to after the last class. Everything was uniform, okay? Mm-hmm. So the military was a big part of it. And uh, the whole idea of national pride was instilled in us. Mm-hmm. And that's something that many of us still have. None of us understood our history. Mm-hmm. None of us understood what, was, what had happened to our people, our kupuna, our ancestors. 
What we did know is that America was a beautiful country, a great country, land of the free, home of the brave. I knew the, the names of all of the, at that time, 48 states. Mm-hmm. I knew the capitals of all of those states. We mm-hmm. had to memorize them. Yeah. I knew nothing about the geography of Hawaii. Mm. I knew nothing about the history of our people other than Bernice Pawahi Bishop and, and Charles Reed Bishop, who was an Hawaiian, mm-hmm. and Kamehameha, because that's the name of our school. Sure. We had song contests, and we sang beautifully, but we had no idea what we were singing about. Mm. Very, very, not only, yeah, the language. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so at the time, going through all of that, we didn't think much about it. When I was a boarder, I joined Kuhi O'Ivi, which was a Hawaiian club. A Hawaiian club for the boys. The girls had Kuhi Kumulipo. Mm-hmm. And we would learn and we were taught our Hawaiian customs and Hawaiian traditions. Uh, and there was just a small group of us in the group, maybe 20. Mm-hmm. And it were taught by a teacher from Wichita, Kansas, Dr. Kilolani Mitchell, Donald Mitchell, who is the father of the Hawaiian curriculum in the public schools today. Mm-hmm. We're not for Dr. Mitchell. He's a guy who came from Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. This Howley guy came and he never left. He became Hawaiian. Oh, wow. He, okay. Yeah. Never forget that name, Dr. Kilolani Mitchell. Kilo Lani, Donald Mitchell. Dr. Donald Mitchell. In a very genuine and authentic and humble way, he embraced the Hawaiian culture. Were it not for him, there would not be a Hawaiian curriculum in the public schools today. He taught biology, mm-hmm. I think, at Kamehameha. But mm-hmm. then he made his way to the Bishop Museum, and he got a lot of our students down there, and focusing not on the insects, but focusing on you know, the Hawaiian culture, you know, the, the artifacts and the stories behind those artifacts there. That's what he was doing. He was Mr. Mitchell when we were there, and then he got his doctorate and became Dr. Mitchell. Just the most beautiful, beautiful person in the world. So many people, graduates of Kamehameha, who went into Hawaiian culture to study Hawaiian culture, were influenced by him. And he was the one who drove that. There's a name that those of us who went to school in our, my generation, we revere. And that was Alan A. Bailey. Alan A. Bailey. Okay. Name, you know, is etched in the heads and hearts of every Kamehameha school for boys. At that time, we were, you know, uh, at the high school, it was school for boys and school for girls. So he was the principal of the boys' school. He was principal for 30 years or so. And if you talk to anybody who's there at that time, they have nothing but admiration, respect, love, and aloha for this guy. And I tell you why, because he always looked for the good in every one of us. I I asked him, I said, you know, Mr. Bailey, everybody has so much respect for you. They love you. What guiding principles have you followed that has made your career so long-lasting and enduring. And he said, well, you know, Mike, he says, if there's one thing that I learned always, I've never forgotten that there's good in every boy. 
Our job is to bring that good out. And, you know, that's what I remembered, you know, when I went to Kamehameha as president, I remembered what he said, and that was part of, you know, it was a big building block or, or cornerstone for whatever foundation that I might have had, you know, is that, okay, there's good in every one of these kids. Our job is to bring it out. Uh, getting back to, you know, your question about Kamehameha uh, uh, shaping my values. And you have to understand that that's where many of our generation who salute the flag, because I was Kamehameha, I came to understand it better. And I have a different heart. What, what shaped me, you know, I think more was a sense of you do things for the greater good mm. and not for yourself. Because at that time, that was about, you know, the military, that influence, and that's the doctrine too, you know, this is, it, it takes a team to capture the mountain. Yeah. And yeah, you got you're gonna have to have generals and lieutenants and whatnot, but it takes everybody there. And mm -hmm. it's always for the greater good. Yeah. And that's why today, you know, when I look at the, the COVID situation and I hear the rhetoric and I hear the commentary about those who are not said, you know, individual freedom, my yeah. choice. Brian and I, we said, you know, we've, we've lost something here because, you know, this shouldn't be about your individual freedom. This should be about what are you going to do for your neighbor? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do, you know, for the greater good? What's some of the values that I can look back at or shape my experience at, as a student at Kamehameha? Mm -hmm. Was that whole notion, we do things not for yourself, but you do things for the betterment of others. I hope you enjoyed this episode, the first of a two-part conversation with Dr. Michael Chun. I'd like to sincerely thank him for taking the time to talk story with us. A special mahalo also to Auntie Baina Chun, Uncle Mike's better half, for all her help. I'd also like to thank the Primetime 89 team who helped put this together. Jamie Barboza and Nicole Yoshimitsu, Wendy Brown, and Kaylee Aquaro. And a special thank you to Drez, Dwayne Andres for the music, and Elizabeth Matson with production and editing. I'm your host, David Matson. Be sure to like us and follow us at Primetime 89 Hawaii, where you can see photos of our guests and their stories and subscribe to get the latest updates and news of upcoming episodes. And join us again for the second part of my conversation with Dr. Michael Chung on Primetime 89.